Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D-Mendy here, back with you guys tonight on this beautiful Thursday evening with Marty Party, Doc, and the return of Lil Cheesecake. Lil Cheesecake, how we doing, man? How we doing to be back in the saddle? I'm feeling great. I missed you guys. You guys did a great episode last week with Frank. Obviously, you got to bring in somebody from CBS because I'm not here. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of nice you got someone who's who's almost as good as me. So, it's pretty good. It was a pretty good, pretty good show. <laughs> there, there is no replacing Elsie. You guys know, uh, but we are whole. We are back together. Marty Party just closed on a house, so we yes, got to celebrate that. When's the big yep. move? Uh, we'll be moving here within the next two weeks, but we got to, uh, we're doing brand new siding on it. We're going to be doing a privacy fence and renewing the floors all before we get in there. So we have a bunch of stuff to do, but, uh, yeah, working 11, 12 hour days just to make ends meet, but it's all worth it. Super oh excited. Gosh, Marty party. Woo. Mm-hmm. Um, Marty's very hardworking. He has not, have you missed a show since you started back nope. uh, with us here? Nope. Not since November. So knock on wood though. Now something weird is gonna happen. Yeah, let's hope not, but Marty's Wait, very Marty hard hasn't work. missed the show, but he's had some really bad internet problems. <laughs> That's right. Well, I forgot about those. Yeah. But, probably. A while but, ago, but yeah. Yeah, they were a long sure. time ago. Doc, mm-hmm. everything's all gravy in your neck of the woods over there. Oh man, busy. Me and you, David. Mendelssohn Bro is busy this week. Yeah, there's a lot going on in everybody's life, but they're not here to hear about our lives. They're here about some fantasy baseball, and we're going to talk plenty of it today as we get to, our, of course, our normal bit of rundown here as we do every single week. And uh, <laughs> as I can find the right, I, I should have my buttons queued up. Here we go. All right, so the players that wowed us. From this past week, these past seven days, kicking things off with Tommy Pham over his last seven games, a 222, 276, 630 slash, three home runs, seven RBIs, six runs, two walks to 11 strikeouts. He's got elite hard hit and exit velocity so far this season. And more importantly, he's hitting leadoff for the Boston Red Sox now, really making noise in that lineup, Marty Party. Is he somebody that I I feel like in 15 team five outfielder leagues, he's a lock? But even shallower, are you potentially going to add him? Yeah, I, I mean, and I put him on the uh, bring out your dead list last week. So it's only it's only right that he's since turned it around. Um, but I had him on my team up until two weeks ago. And it's an OBP slug league. So instead of batting average, we have those two stats. Um, and he's he's been actually a top 200 um, player in that kind of format. And when you're watching him, he just looks rejuvenated. I mean, Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, clearly trusts him, put him right at the front of the lineup. So now he's hitting in front of Devers. He's hitting in front of, uh, hitting in front of Zanger Bogarts. Um, and Famine said it himself. He's seen the ball a lot better. And Nick Pavetta even said, you know what? He brings great energy to the team. So he seems like all around, uh, you know, when you're 32 years old, you need a spark. And it looks like getting traded to the Sox helped. Uh, is that Nick Pavetta pushing him in the picture that we see on screen? Number 37? I, so. I don't know. Who's the, who's number 37 in the Red Sox? I'll do that deep dive for you. Oh, thank you. But yeah, if you can't tell by the picture, that's Tommy Pham's looking like he's a lot of fun there. 
Uh, let's go from the Red Sox to another red team here, and let's talk about Paul DeYoung, who I've snagged in a couple places. He has been hot. 409, 552, 909 slash, two home runs, nine RBIs, six runs, six walks to six strikeouts over that time as well. He's got four home runs in 11 games since he came back from the minors. Four for five yesterday with three hard hit balls and two doubles in yesterday's game at Coors Field. And he was doing really well in AAA, a point, uh, an 865 OPS in his AAA, uh, time down there and about a uh, 24 and change K rate. So the K rate was respectable and he's looking like a rejuvenated player now with the, the St. Louis Cardinals here. Little cheesecake is Paul DeYoung. Some, is this a flash in the pan or is Paul DeYoung somebody that needs to be rostered? I think you can, you have to take him seriously because he has. You know, 30 home run seasons in his background and he's up and he's producing again. We know about Paul DeYoung. The book's been written on him and I don't think the book has changed right now. He's a streaky hitter and when he's hot, you want him in your lineup. When he's not, you gotta, you're wondering when he's going to be hot again. I think that's what, that's Paul DeYoung in a nutshell. Um, cause he's seven for his last 11. He was 14 for 99 before that. Um, and like you said, he did this at Colorado. He had a big game against the Yankees prior to that. That's, that's this, that's this big streak. But when you have a, if you're, if you, your team needs offense, you're not going to find someone with a higher ceiling at this point in the season at a shortstop than Paul DeYoung for sure. Um, not off the waiver wire, not normally. So you pick him up. If you're scrambling for a shortstop, I don't necessarily think this is going to stick. Uh, I do think that because it was in Colorado, uh, a big part of this, it might be a little bit of that, but, um, but the ceiling is there. So you give him a chance. Yeah, I believe I didn't see the end of the game, but I know he had an O for today. But again, if he's hitting the Cardinals lineup was welcoming in there, I believe he was bumped up to six in the order. And, uh, if he's in, especially in Coors Field, like he's been, he's somebody you definitely got to put in there. But Paul DeYoung, Ride it while you can, while he's hot, because those are the types of pickups you might need to help make waves, especially in Roto Leagues here. This is a Doc guy, this next player, and I don't know why, because I feel like he's talked about him before. I think you like him uh, uh, secretly yeah. more than you let on. Tyler Naquin, I think this is a Doc guy. It last is a Doc seven, guy. Yeah, last seven days, he's 438, jacked. 471, 1188 OPS, three home runs, six RBI, six runs, one walk, three strikeouts over that time. Ground ball rates are a career low right now, and the numbers align to what he's been doing over the last couple seasons. But is he a platoon with the New York Mets? The New York Mets that have had, you know, people like uh, the big beefcake coming on here and getting every day at bats here, Daniel Vogelbach. So is Naquin somebody with the chance that he might not play every day, Doc, somebody that you would take a chance in adding? Yeah, and I, he is going to be a platoon guy. And you look at his numbers last year, and they're very identical to this year. 283 against righties last year, 197 against lefties. And this year, 282 against righties, 191 against lefties. Now, you add Naquin because of the potential power he can give you. In April last year, he had six home runs. And in September of last year, he had five home runs. And I think with the Mets, he's in the best hitting offense. So obviously, the power is there, but now there's more RBI opportunities hitting alongside players like Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. Uh, and the good news is as a lefty, he's going to face more right-handed pitchers. He started five out of the six, uh, five out of the last six games against righties. So you take the chance that, yes, he's not going to play every day, but I think he's going to give you solid numbers rest of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, again, if you can handle the platoons, and this is one of those examples where if, if you're an avid fantasy baseball player and you're somebody that checks up on matchups ahead of the previous or ahead of the week looking forward, if you see that he's going to be playing a, a lot of righty pitchers, that's an example of somebody, he's playing five righties next week. Like, I got to get Tyler Naquin in there. Oh, they're playing against three or four lefties. I got to sit him. That's one of those things you can do. To understand, to be able to utilize players like Tyler and Aikman, who are really good platoon players for your team. The last player we'll talk about on the hitting side here, Vaughn Grissom. Yesterday, his major league debut, two for four with a home run and a stolen base, a 101.7 exit velocity off of that home run. It was absolutely smoked. I don't know if everybody watched it, but it was so swaggy the way that he hit it. I want to call him Swaggy V, just the way he is. He has got the chain. He's got everything that you want to see. And a young player, just the swag that he has. Uh, he had a 324 average with 14 home runs and 27 steals in 96 games down in double A. Um, or I'm sorry, 22 in double A and the rest in single A. But there's been talk about the concern with Ozzy Albies returning. You have also Orlando Arcia returning. And is he somebody that potentially with a short shelf life in the major leagues, somebody that you could question if he's worth the ad? I do think he is. If you, at the worst case scenario, if you get a few weeks of Vaughn Grissom and he gives you five steals, again, this is a guy that already got one in his first game. If he gives you five to 10 steals sometime for the rest of this month and then gives you a couple home runs as well, that's somebody that's useful at this point in the season. Or let's say injuries play out where somebody else on the Atlanta Braves gets hurt and he's going to have a chance to get every day at bats to replace that person. I don't think he's someone you can leave on your waiver wire no matter what. So. I don't know if you guys feel any differently, but Vaughn Grissom to me is someone you've got to pick up. Yeah, and to be honest, if you play with people that maybe aren't as in tune with the recovering injuries from the Braves, but they just see a prospects coming up, like this is the highest his trade value will be. Yeah, but there's also the example of Michael Harris too, which people thought that he got called up, he wasn't going to last, and me included, and he stuck around mm-hmm. and he's been great. So I just don't think you can't just count on these guys necessarily not sticking around, especially if they're hitting. So I would make sure you, you make an ad for him. Let's talk the pitching, though. Let's go to the pitching side of things. Let's talk about Blue Steele. Justin Steele, over his uh, last two outings, 10.2 innings, 12 hits, a 166 ERA, one walk and 19 strikeouts. And I want to cite SP Streamer because he actually did the research for me. When I was going to look up, I saw he tweeted about it. His last seven starts, a 195 ERA, a 28% K rate, and a 51.5% ground ball rate. And he's used his slider over 30% in each of his last two starts. He's really starting to lean on that slider. Marty Party, he looks like a completely different pitcher than 19 Ks recently over his last two outings, striking out player after player. Is Justin Steele, Blue Steele, somebody that we got to add? I would add him in the right uh, right matchup, like in a 10-team league, uh, 12-team. That's maybe somebody you'll want to actually just pick up and keep on your bench, play him in the right matchup. 15-team leagues, I'm sure he's already scooped. And if we extrapolate it out a little bit more, over 101.2 uh, innings pitched this year, he has 106 strikeouts with the 3.65 expected ERA. Across the board, he's doing a great job of limiting hard contact. Now, he doesn't have the best stuff, even though his slider is somewhat improved. Just overall, it, nothing really sticks out there. But since the Cubs made him a starter in April, he has not given up more than three runs in any outing. So he, it's playing, playing well for him. Yeah, Justin Blue Steele is somebody that's been a, a nice little find for the Chicago Cubs. And his slider actually this year, I'm, I'm looking it up, I believe 
has what is the whiff rate on it? It's a 32.8% whiff rate and a 25% put away rate. So it's uh, it's been a decent pitch for him. Somebody also with a 129 batting average and a 167 expected batting average again. So it's been a very big money pitch for him. Doc, let's talk about Chris Bubik, pubic hair, or Chris Pubic Bubik, however you want to call him here. Last two starts, 11.2, 11 hits, 11.2 innings pitched, 11 hits, a 231 ERA, four walks to 12 strikeouts. Not giving up more than three earned runs in his last eight starts. Statcast page, though, is a Mr. Freeze. It's a ton of blue. Is Chris Bubik somebody that you're just looking to play in the right matchups, or is he somebody that you think could be matchup proof? You're definitely playing him in the right matchups, and that might be a stretch. This, I, yeah, we've talked about the innings pitched, and he's an innings eater. And I think for the Royals who aren't contending this year, it's good to get him out there. He has 86 for the inning or for the year, pitched 130 last year. But he is what he is. He has a 146 whip for his career, including a 156 whip uh, this year. He has a 502 ERA and a, a 556 expected ERA. He gives up a lot of home runs. This is a career high in home runs. Lowest uh, K percentage of his career at 19. And he's given up 45.1% hard hit percentage. And besides the Tigers, sorry, Marty, the AL Central teams can hit. The White Sox can, the Twins can, and the Guardians can. So I think you play him if it's risky. Like if, if he was in a Marty's two-star pitchers, it would be uh, above take a seat. I think that's risky business. And I, I need to sharpen up on that. But I think the blow up is coming. All right. Again, that's Chris Bubik. Let's go to our next player. Oh, we got Jasper checking in here. What's up, Jasper? Good evening, boys. What's up? Ball as well. What's going on with you, my friend? How are, uh, how is your evening going? So got our buddy there. David, I just out. want to quickly say you're doing an amazing job saying the player's name at the end of each segment. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I've uh, that was one of the things that people asked. They said, yeah, that was good. I'm glad you did podcasts. that. I'm glad you did yeah. that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jonathan Hernandez now, the closer for the Texas Rangers, and he's the de facto closer as of right now. Two saves since he was activated. It's been eight games since then. And my question to you, Elsie, is he mm. going to stay closing with the imminent return of Joe Barlow here? What are your thoughts about Jonathan Hernandez being worth a pickup for saves? Um, I think I think it could be a, a waste of a pickup. They seem to like Barlow as the closer. They gave him the opportunity earlier. But Barlow was supposed to be coming off of the IL on Tuesday. All indication is that he did not come off the IL on Tuesday. Uh, Hernandez's last save was on the 4th. That was a week ago. I'm not sure if they've had any opportunities for saves since then. He's barely pitched, you know. So, like, Texas hasn't shown their hand on this one with him, like, giving him multiple opportunities. But then again, they might not have had other opportunities to give him saves. Um, Barlow, I think, is who they'd prefer to have the job. Um, he obviously was dealing with an injury, and some confidence issues in July when they took the job away from him. So, But I think they want to give it back to him when he gets back. That's my gut feeling on it. You're just going by gut now. I think you pick up Hernandez right now if you have an opportunity because Barlow doesn't seem to be back from the IL yet. These finger injuries can linger. Who knows what might have been a setback. So uh, Hernandez, I think, as of right now, has the job. But uh, when Barlow comes back, I, I, my gut says it's Barlow's job. 
All right. Elsie is a Barlow guy, but milk the saves why you can for Jonathan Hernandez. And Jasper says, worst pick, uh, work picked up 12 hour plus days Saturday too. Gotta have that money, man. Jasper, you are on a grind, my friend. Mm-hmm. Much respect that for that. Set. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about last player, Jose Quintana. His last two starts, 12 innings, eight hits, oh. two, 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 five ERA, four walks and 13 strikeouts. Went into Coors yesterday and gave a quality start, but are we trusting him down the stretch? I mean, if you can go into Coors and put up a quality start, you're saying something. You're also good to a team like the Cardinals, who seem like they have a good understanding of pitching. I have not looked deep enough in to see his last two starts to see if they've tweaked anything in terms of just his usage of pitches. But I am intrigued with Jose Quintana. I think he could be somebody that's a valuable SP5 or someone you have on your bench if you have, he has like a two-start week and you like his matchups, I don't think he should be sitting on your waiver wire anymore. I think Jose Quintana, he showed you uh, over his last couple starts that he's got to be rostered at this point, I think, especially in points leagues. So uh, that's Jose Quintana. Or do you guys disagree? Or and I know, Doc, you boot it, but Quintana's performing right now. He's got he a is. 3.2 ERA. 3.21 ERA in the season. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't give him, I can't hate. I just don't like him. All right, I used well, to love go. him. Yeah, you did. And that was a long time ago. All right. Elsie is back, which means it is time to bring out your dead. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Elsie. Bring out your dead. It's been a few weeks since I've done this. Doc, you did a fantastic job last week pushing that card along and getting those bodies off of the roster has been clogging stuff up. This week, we had a nice soft week. People have been sort of, sort of losing their, losing their anger at the, at the bad people. They've, they've gotten rid of a lot of the people. One of the persons, and Marty, I could thank you for bringing this up. I have had much, many issues with our man Marcelo Zuna right here. Marcelo Zuna, I got badooed by him this week. He had a two-game Monday through Thursday. I benched him because he's hitting, he's hitting 213 on the season. So, of course, he hits a grand slam yesterday. <laughs> of course. I'm not sure if he has any other hits this week, but my team's low on power and RBIs. I sat him because I thought he has two games. I can get three games from somebody else. Ugh. This is the frustrating part. This guy's hitting 213 on the season, and I and I found this tweet by uh, Reach Baseball, Reach underscore Baseball. Austin Reach has uh, pointed out that in 2021 and 2022, he has had uh, about 640 plate appearances and of a 76 WRC plus in that amount of time. And guys, I don't know if you guys have any comments. Where do do you rate? Would you rate Ozuna draft him as high as he was drafted this year, or would you look at him as more of like a late power grab? What do you? Does any opinions on this? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's exactly it—just a late power grab. And to answer your question, no, he has not got a hit at all this week, other than that home run. So <laughs> it's been pretty yeah, brutal. <laughs> he, he for damn sure not hitting for average or stealing bases. It's nope. been brutal. He's been killing me, and I keep running him out there because he's Marcelo Ozuna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's look like a shell of himself. And uh, Jasper says, my guy Baz, man, too. Yeah, he's doing plyometric exercises now. I think that's they said that's where he's at in his recovery. Ooh. 
Um, right, let me ask you, Framel Reyes or Marcelo Zunia, rest of season? Oh man, you're you're tugging at my heartstrings because yep. Reyes just 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 got signed by the Cubs and and uh, um I I uh, all right Wrigley Magic <laughs> versus playoff run Magic. What do I think? I guess I I have to go with with Ozuna because I think mm. no no I'm going Reyes. Oh. Uh, he has upside. <laughs> Ozuna's stuck in the same place. Re- Reyes has a fresh start. The fresh start's going to give him that uh, that boost that he's needed. He's going to hit 15 home runs from now on. I love it. <laughs> the uh, uh, Heath Caps, good, good, uh, good fantasy player here. Threw four people on the uh, on the Boyd list this week. Two of his teams obviously having a rough time with the, with a couple of the players. Mike Trout and Mackenzie Gore in one of his teams. Uh, Trout, here's here's uh, there's a tweet here watching him take batting practice August 9th. What's going on with him? He's got a strange back disease. No, he doesn't. He's out until at least August 22nd, according to CVS. And that to me, if you're going for injury reports, I'm gonna I'm gonna show for CVS. It's the easiest to find. It's the most navigable of all of them I've seen. That's what I'm gonna say. Mackenzie Gore, uh, out until at least September 8th. I did find an uh, obvious Nationals fan who wanted to point out the potential future uh, future staff of the Washington Nationals with Gore, Kate Cavalli, Josiah Gray, and Cole Henry. So there's something to dream on for the future for Gore. Now it's an elbow injury. I don't know if we're going to be seeing him again this year. Maybe they shut him down. Uh, you guys think we're going to see Gore again this season? No. I think there's a reason to put him out there, I think. It would be the dumbest thing ever, but it would be a Nationals thing. <laughs> Come on, the Nationals set Steven Strasburg when they were in the playoff race. <laughs> that, oh, and, they gave, and they gave him the worst contract in history besides Patrick yeah. Corbin. It's true. That's true. They are a pretty dumb, dumb contract franchise. Uh, Heath also brought up Ozzy Albies and Jazz Chisholm. Uh, man, Ozzy Albies... He was my first round pick in Darf. Uh, best case, possibly a September return. I found a tweet here from a fantastic fan of the Atlantic Bra- Atlanta Braves called Sunniels42, who says, Does anyone just randomly think about Ozzy Albies and how much you miss him? And, <laughs> and I do. I miss him a lot. I wish that he was hitting 30 home runs and getting 20 steals for my Darf team as a second baseman <laughs> right now. Um, Jez Chisholm brought up by Heath Caps. And I think, even though he's been injured and we've missed a lot of time, Chisholm's one of our best picks on our triple play, our triple play team, uh, uh um, best podcast league team. Cause he was a, we got him to be a, uh, five tool threat. And he was. And so I think, uh, you know, maybe we, we look at Chisholm next year. I'm not sure when he's coming back, return possible in early September. Um, we, I think we might look at him as another guy you get in the fourth or fifth round, maybe even higher. Who knows? The injury might push his, his value down a little bit. Um, those are all the guys we have this week to, to, to get off the card. I got, I got badooed by, uh, by Ozuna, but, uh, we got everyone out. Oh, Kellnick yeah. got sent down. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Jared Kellick could be on this list Wait, too. Wait, Art, you didn't say mine. I was the first person to reply to you. 
I didn't see it. What, who did you say? I said Miles Michaelis, but only <laughs> for this week for now. He got negative 29 in points leagues. That's the worst game I've ever seen. 10 earned runs in under four innings. 14 hits! Yeah, that's pretty bad. Was he playing in Colorado? You need three hands to count the amount of hits he gave up. That's crazy. Are you hurt, Doc? I totally missed it. My bad. My bad. Are you hurt, Doc? Miles Michaelis has done well for me this season. I doubt I was going to win this match. He was also a free agent pickup for you, too. Yeah, but I mean, negative 29 is just a fucking, that's a headshot right there. (laughs) He's just dropping that bomb. Oh, did I say it? (laughs) Yeah, you dropped an F bomb, you oh. dummy. Oh wow. Sorry, that's how frustrated I am. <laughs> Alright, let's go to our most added players from this past week here. And looking from CBS, we had Von Grissom topping the list, added in thirty five percent of leagues. Felix Bautista, who is he a top ten closer in baseball, fellas? Really quick, is Felix Bautista you rank it right now for rest of season top ten? What did we I say, say yes. last week? Huh? What did we say last week with Frank? We said yes. Frank said yes. <laughs> okay, then, then He's yes. in the party. <laughs> LC, is he, is he make the party? I totally think so. I think the Orioles are a type of team that, that produces a lot of saves as well. So he's going to be getting saves. All right. So Felix Bautista added in 29% of leagues. Jonathan Hernandez also added in a ton of leagues. Jose Quintana, Jorge Mateo, Edward Cabrera, Nick Gordon, and Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers is still under 80% rostered. Is Boggles my mind. Reed Detmers needs to be added in every single league. He is on fire right now. We go from the most added to the most dropped players. And these are players, a lot of them with injury. Matt Carpenter hurts my soul because he was doing so many great things for my points league team. He is expected to probably miss most of the, if not all the rest of the season with his broken foot. Dropped in 25% of leagues. Ian Anderson, Alex Kirilov, more risk problems for him. You got to hope at some point. He had like a really strange procedure done. I'm not, I don't remember the name of it, but it's something very unique. So I'm hoping he can get back to. I'm worried about him long term, especially in dynasty leagues. I mean, this is yeah. what the third year in a row they had to shut him down because of his wrist. That's yeah. Crazy. It, it, it's, it's scary, man. Hopefully this, this can get it fixed here. Leody Tavares, who just had, I think five RBIs yesterday after he was dropped in 14% of leagues. Kyle Lewis was just sent to AAA. Taylor Rogers, who I just dropped finally. Dropped in 12% of leagues. John Gray and Rysel Iglesias top list. I think Iglesias, obviously, because of the fact that he's not going to get saves anymore. So he's a pretty useless asset for your fantasy team at this point. We have a question coming from a new... I don't, Ray, I don't never see any in the chat here. Welcome to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show here, my friend. You're only allowed to say that in the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Clark Schmidt's uh, day. Six innings, zero hits, zero runs, zero walks, 11 Ks on 78 pitches, 52 strikes. Clark Schmidt, fellas, let's talk about him for a second here. Is he somebody that you're going to worth to add? I, I mean, the Yankees, obviously, Luis Severino is not going to pitch for a while. Uh, Domingo Herman has to be on thin ice. And you've seen other guys in this rotation, I'm thinking at the top of my head, uh, they don't have many guys outside of Nasty Nestor uh, mm-hmm. consistently doing stuff. So what are your guys' thoughts? I think Tyon is right at the ship, but Schmidt had say two saves in the last couple of weeks. I don't know. Is his, his role is, are they going to turn him into a, a starter now from like a who didn't Clark Schmidt get, get he a was, couple of saves? He last was like week? long relief. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so it, it did, I, I, I did not, did he start this game today? I think you. he did. Yeah. 
I'll have to look at the box score, but I think he started today. The most interesting thing to me is that it's Clark with an E at the end. So if you're searching for it, Clark with an E. <laughs> I think he's got to be worth an ad. I mean, the 11, an 11 strikeout game in six innings, uh, that's something, right? I mean, I think with the Yankees offense, he might be a nice little under the radar ad with some of the other names that we talked about, too. So I think it's worth an ad. And uh, Jasper says, I've been holding on to lose in hopes of some playing time. He just, I think he just got sent to AAA, so I don't think he's going to get the playing time, unfortunately. But then uh, Ray also adds, Bobby Miller, Ken Waldachuk, Kate Cavalli, Hunter Brown, Shaylin Gleers. When will these guys get called? So we talked about those guys a lot on our call-up show, which also comes out every single week. We talk about just minor league baseball. And Ken Waldachuk, I think, will debut before the end of this month. Shay Langoliers, I think, if anything, maybe a September call-up for him. Hunter Brown, there's no spot for him in the Houston Astros rotation right now. So I don't think he's going to get the call unless somebody gets hurt. They just had to deal Jake Odorizzi because they didn't have enough uh, spots for these guys. And Bobby Miller for the Dodgers, I, I do think uh, he also needs an injury because Dustin May is now hopping into the Dodgers rotation to uh, to replace, uh, I forgot who just got hurt. but. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. So Dustin Mays hopping. I think they need another injury or two in that rotation for him to step in. I think best case scenario for Bobby Miller, you're hoping he's going to come in as like a, you know, one or two inning guy in the bullpen, maybe in September. So that's where I would stand with those guys. And if you want to hear more prospects, you can check out the call up every single week on the Triple Play YouTube channel on the podcast feed. All right. That being said, let's go ahead and let's talk, uh, schedules. The New York Mets play eight games next week. Everybody else plays six or seven. Pretty easy. So New York Mets play eight. Everybody else plays six or seven. So make sure you plan accordingly for that. Doc, let's go ahead and why don't we talk about some hitting streamers for this coming week here. Is he on mute and I'm just missing it? I was waiting for the noise. I'm looking for it. All right, I'll start. I mean, David, I'll say I made this slide before you sent the list of players in the rundown. And, of course, we used the same picture. I mean, we got to start Tyler Naquin. So, owned in 8.8% of ESPN leagues. Now, this was prior to Wednesday's games, who where he started four out of five games against right-handed pitchers. And since joining the Mets, he's at 366, 11 for 30 with three homers, seven RBIs, and only three Ks. So, Seeing the ball probably better than he ever has before. And the Mets play eight games next week. So could be a good Tyler Naquin week. The next is Mr. Joey Meneses for the Nas- for the Nationals. Owned in 0.8% of leagues. Has a homer in three straight games. So when playing time is there, sometimes that's what you want to look for in, for in a streamer. I mean, he had good stats in the minors. A couple 20-plus home run seasons. He is 30 years old. K percentage in the low 20s, so not awful. We're not talking about a Miguel Sano or Joey Gallo one. He could be this year's Patrick Wisdom, where you know later rookie comes up for a team that's tanking and just gets plenty of at-bats and can help you down the stretch. Um, and with the Nationals trading Josh Bell and a DH, hopefully he's getting most at-bats. And then the last, I felt really, really dirty putting him up here. It's, I, I wasn't happy, but it's Randall Kritchik. So owned in 47.8% of the SPN leagues. I mean, the last four games, 11 for 17, two homers, five RBIs. That was inflated by a five for five game against Miles Michaelis. 
but he has a 270 batting average, which is the highest he's had since June 7th. Colorado plays six games next week, three at home, three on the road. And the ones they play on the road are against the Cardinals, where they play Jose Quintana, who has a 3.22 ERA, but a 1.22 whip. So that shows he's due for a little bit of regression. And Dakota Hudson, who has a 1.39 whip. Dakota Hudson's (laughs) awful. So start Randall Gritchick with some confidence next week. Those are my Mm -hmm. hitting streamers. All right, I like it. Kolb is uh, my favorite show, especially the team Kolb's y'all did earlier in there. Jasper, appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Uh, we put a lot of time and effort into this. Hey, show, don't, so. hey don't, take, don't take away Marty's fame on that. He's the one that did the call-up ones. Yeah. The team. Oh, oh that's, I, I was totally even, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know what he meant by the team call-ups, and now like that makes sense. Yeah, when you guys did the pro- each system. Marty, you're always welcome back in the host chair there, you know. You, you ran the ship before I did, so. If I was Whoa, Danny, you said the S word. Ship, I said. Oh. Uh, if I was to come back, it would be as a, um, you can be the host. You do an amazing job. And just overall, I watched the last episode with the Welsh. You and Mike kill it. That's a lot of, I mean, it's a great show. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a company guy. It is. <laughs> appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Uh, well, let's stay with you, Marty. Let's go ahead and, of course, Eric's favorite segment of the show. There it is. We oh, got to talk yeah. about. Marty's uh, pitching up. two-star pitchers, baby, with and Marty Party throwing the ball to get things pitch. going. Yes. So, as always, we're going to bring up here Miss Gwen Stefani, starting with the no-doubters. There were literally over 44, I think there were 44 or 45 two-star pitchers. Um, now, keep up with my Fantrax article that I release every Sunday morning because these things change constantly. So, that's going to be the most up-to-date. Um, version of this but as of right now here are the uh, two start pitchers for week 20 so on week 20 things are moving quick uh no doubters are dylan cease versus houston at guardians justin verlander at the white Sox at atlanta braves cindy alcantara versus san diego at the dodgers garrett cole tampa bay versus toronto brandon woodruff versus the dodgers at chicago cubs julio urias at milwaukee versus miami joe musgrove at miami versus washington two really good matchups there and Luis Castillo has turned the page. He is worth all of those prospects that they gave up so far. Uh, he looks great in Seattle at the Angels and then at Oakland. So two solid matchups there. Good so far, Barton. Continue. Oh, thank you so much. I needed that. Yeah, why not? So these are the guys that uh, they're not your aces. or Some of them are, but they might have a little bit tougher schedules. Um, but, yeah, these are the guys you're probably going to play in every league you have them. Starting with Merrill Kelly at the Giants versus the Cardinals. Alec Manoa versus Baltimore at the Yanks. Yeah, the Yanks is what took him out of the uh, the must starts. Uh, Framber Valdez at the White Sox at Braves. Nestor Cortez versus Tampa Bay versus Toronto. Sean Manaya, he got roughed up the, the last few times out, so I am aware of that. But at Miami versus Washington, I like both matchups there. Uh, Joe Ryan, two solid matchups as well versus KC versus Texas. Justin Blue Steel at Washington versus Milwaukee. Max Freed versus the Mets in Houston. Now, I'm not... I'm not sure if he'll be making those starts just because of, uh, I think he had a concussion. Um, so he's on the IL seven, seven day IL for the concussion. So we'll check up on that again. And then Freddie Peralta, he's back, uh, versus the Dodgers and then at Chicago Cubs. Wait, wait, I, I need to chime in. Um, well, you are, let me, let me take a drink here while you do that. Okay. Um, well, you had already mentioned kind of the caveat with Manaya. You know, he's burned me a little bit personally, but you know, that's, that's, that's my issue. Um, uh, Freddie Peralta needs to be in risky business. It was close. It was I, close. I, but... I, 
it's but, the, the Dodgers start obviously more so than anything, right? That's the one that sticks out. Uh, Do- Dodgers are worrisome. Uh, there's please. no – for anyone who had Freddie Peralta, you kept him on your roster for months. And so there's no mm-hmm. way that he is back that you're not going to play him. We have to think about this in a, in a, in a sense of like if you own a, t- a base fantasy baseball team, 10, 12 team, 15 team leagues, there are, none of those leagues are you sitting in. We'd be lying to our listeners. I'm not. I'm not saying that you you sit him, especially against uh, who's the second team he plays, Chicago. Like like you would probably start him against Chicago. But three point two innings, four hits, two earned against the Pirates with three Ks. Five innings, four Ks against yeah, the Rays. That was just any caveat. Veloc- that was his first start back, and then the his veloc- second start. How do you the do? Velo- the velocity is down. The velocity is down, and I think we need to acknowledge that elephant in the room. I'm saying I understand that you're starting him, but this falls under risky business. It is literally risky to start someone with down velocity coming off the aisle. Come on. You were just nitpicking at this point. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be right at the end of the week, so it's fine. If you would have been um... – I think at one point I did have him under risky business, but I, I gave him the more, I gave him the boost because there is no way I can tell my listeners that you're not going to play him. He may, okay. you know, they're just, they're just Dodgers. That's obviously a touch match, a tough matchup. Cubs should be pretty, pretty smooth. So, but uh, I, I don't, I don't hate you fighting back on that one. That, that one's fine. That, that, that was a, it was a borderline, but again, you're not going to sit Peralta. Um, moving on to the risky business. Here we go. Starting with Carl, Carlos Carrasco at Braves at Philly. Taihan Walker at Braves at Philly. Noah Syndergaard at Cincinnati versus the Mets. Johnny Cueto, who I want to put him as a I, – every week I want to put him as a uh, yeah, why not. But this, this time the, the Houston matchup and then Cleveland at Cleveland, that's tough. Uh, Kyle Gibson at Cincinnati versus the Mets. Gibson had a good outing today. Marcus Stroman at Washington versus Milwaukee. Jeffrey Springs at the Yanks versus KC. Nick Pavetta at Baltimore or at Pittsburgh at Baltimore. He he he's like borderline a sit for me, but because of those two um, really good matchups, I gave him the boost. Uh, Josiah Gray versus Chicago at Padres. Jose Quintana, we've been talking about him left and right uh, versus Colorado at Arizona. Alex Cobb versus Arizona at Colorado, and then lastly Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright was very close to being a yeah, why not? But look at those matchups versus Mets versus Astros. That's going to be a tough week for Mister Wright. But he has the stuff. I'm interested to see how he does for the uh, for the next week. Lastly, take a seat. There are so many guys taking a seat this <laughs> week. They're going to be. It's going to be a, a full cop car by the end of this week. Uh, Zach Plesac versus Detroit versus the White Sox. Yusei Kikuchi versus Baltimore at Yankees. I tried to tell Frank, do not start Yusei Kikuchi. He did not listen, <laughs> and then he. <laughs> but um, it's uh, you just you can't do that. I know the strikeout upside is there, but it's not worth it. Uh, Madison Bumgarner at the Giants versus St. Louis. Zach Greinke at Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Zach Greinke keeps doing it. He had another. Um, so why is he on take a seat? You look at expected, expected ERA. You look at his stuff and everything he's doing. He's outperforming every ERA indicator. These are and then he's these going, are somewhat favorable matchups. At Minnesota. You just I got done saying how the, every AL Central team can hit I said the Tigers. Now you're going to tell me that that's a good matchup. I, it is absolutely crazy how much you're at respecting Freddie Peralta at this point over Zach Ranky, but just continue. I don't even know what you're talking about. At this it's point. ageism too, because Johnny Cueto is should should be in a must start. Johnny That's Cueto's right. a no doubter this year. That's just yeah, Cueto at, being at Cueto. His ripe age of 36. Right, right. The man is unstoppable. I don't know why you wouldn't put him out there. 
Yeah, Zach Ranky should be in risky business, but that's that's just me. Minnesota is a top five team versus righties. What's the other team? Can someone tell me? At Tampa. At Tampa, Tampa Bay, top. Uh, they're thirteenth. So a top five team and a thirteenth team. I'm sitting them. There's no way. I, I can't do it. Okay. Uh, moving on. James Capillion at Texas versus Seattle. Mitch Keller versus Boston versus Cincinnati. Aaron Savale versus Detroit versus the White Sox. Jake Junis, Arizona at Colorado. Kyle Freeland at the Cardinals versus the Giants. Chris Bubick, Doc. Chris Bubick is a take a seat for me. He's not. He's not even on the uh, the the, um, the risky business. Uh, at Minnesota at Tampa Bay, and because of the matchups, they're not good. Adine Kramer I mean, at Toronto versus Boston. Patrick Corbin versus Chicago White or Chicago Cubs at San Diego. Kyle Bradish at Toronto versus Boston. Mike Miner versus Philly at Pittsburgh. My God, these are a lot of take a seats. Glenn Otto versus Oakland at Minnesota. Cole Reagans, who is apparently a professional baseball player, versus Oakland at Minnesota. And rounding it out, Drew Hutchinson at the Cleveland Guardians versus the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim in California. Those are your take of seats. All right. Great work from Marty Party as he does every single week with those. Jasper says, I hope Johnny Cueto does well, wants to see him do well. He's been in the league a while. I always like watching Johnny Cueto pitch. And Ray says... And on the collapse of Red Sox starting pitchers, tell me something. What are we thinking of these, of the Red Sox pitchers collapsing? We've seen Evaldi blow up some. We've obviously seen Sale. Sale, obviously. His just body collapsing. Nick Pavetta was that just doing a regular bike? It was like a bicycle he fell off of? It, it was a, a bicycle. I, I was very, I have him on a team that I stashed him all year and I was looking to make sure did it say motorcycle or bicycle? It was a bicycle, which is hilarious. How do you break your wrist on a bicycle? I don't. No. I mean, what are you he, doing? He, he fell like this, probably. That's how I broke my wrist. I broke no, mine skateboarding too. like a real man. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Nick Pavetta is doing Nick Pavetta things we've always uh, seen. But, uh, uh, Nick Pavetta is number thirty-seven. He was pushing Tommy Pham. Is Josh is is Josh Winchowski or whatever like the the one we have the most confidence in right now? <laughs> Unfortunately, he's pretty yes. good. Yeah, he's been That's pretty good. He's, he's not bad. Cutter, Crawford, Cutter, Cutter Crawford's been Cutter Crawford. Decent, Cutter Crawford. But yeah, that Red Sox pitching's been not great as a whole. So I, I mean, and they play in the AL East, which is the hardest hitting division to play in, too. So it doesn't help their case there. All right, Doc, take us over to the pitching side of things, and let's talk pitching streamers. Got to show the graphic first. Mr. Corey Kluber, he's only owned in 48.1% of ESPN leagues. So he's gone 35 innings pitched over his last six starts where he's faced Boston twice, Baltimore twice, at Cleveland and Detroit. During that time, he's shown great command, 35 Ks, three walks. So this is his fifth start versus Baltimore this year. This is actually his fourth time going at Camden Yards, which I find crazy. I want to see the record for a pitcher uh, pitching in an opposing stadium for one season. Now, I'm at the mindset of since he's a veteran, he'll use film to adjust to hitters. Um, that's kind of a gut call by me, but I think he's a viable streamer this weekend. The next, and we talked about him earlier, is Mr. Reed Detmers, only owned in 41.9% of the SPN leagues. Now, since because, since getting recalled from AAA, he's had four outings where he's gone 2-0, and a 1.2 ERA, a .96 whip. He has been borderline ace material. Now, even going back to his uh, prior to his demotion in AAA, seven straight games with at least six Ks, 50 total. So they're averaging close to seven Ks per outing. He even had a 12 strikeout game two games ago. And they've 
uh, scored six plus runs two times in August. The Twins have, um, and they've played nine games. So offense has been a little sporadic, but hopefully they're a little bit cold. And the last one, David, I'm doing it as a nickname for you. I haven't put King DDD in the slide. That's hilarious. It's George Kirby, owned in 28.2% of ESPN leagues. He's given up six earned runs in his last 26.1 innings pitched. That's over five starts. Once again, shown great command. 32 to 4, K to walks in that time. So actually, look, the Mariners are 11 and 2 against Texas in 2022, including 6 and 1 in Arlington. So sometimes teams just play other teams really well. Rangers are four and six in their last 10 home games. They actually have a worse home record than they do on the road. And they've averaged three runs per game over their last seven home games. So not things that are necessary, necessarily related to George Kirby, but when you look beyond the box score, certainly favorable to the matchup. Are you uh, ever going to be learn to make slides with players that are not cut in half? You know what? It's I think it's just the images I use sometimes. Hey, Corey Kluber is all in here, okay? He is. No, but all you have to do for George Kirby is you, you just drag him down to the bottom of the screen. Okay. Yes, yes, teacher. No, I'm just <laughs> saying it's like George Kirby's cut in half. I don't know how he's still you know, alive. It first goes with the <laughs> it first goes with you complaining. Can you change it instead of copy to a copy to a copy? Oh my so god, it's still a copy to a copy of a copy it, of a it copy. It was just for Reed Detmers, okay? Sorry, I can't do everything to please you, David. No, it's just, it's hilarious. For those that don't know, when Eric uploads slides, instead of changing the name of the title of the slide, he's just been copying and changing, like, the players, which is what every, all of us do. But instead of changing the title, he just keeps leaving it as a copy, and then it goes copy of a copy. And then the next time he uses it, it's a copy of a copy of a copy. And it's so maddening to see. It's just like, agita kicks in. It's very much, and then the, these half body pictures. Doc, clean up, clean yourself up. Gosh, I'm here to make me cuss again on air. Okay, <laughs> all right, Marty Party, back to you for your weekend warriors. I never have the right sound for it, so I, I let's. Oh, we have to hurry up. Uh, Doc's got a call here to tie on. <laughs> There you go. That's that's not typically the sound, but actually I dig that sound. And just for your listeners at home, if you're wondering what kind of time zone to, uh, Taiwan's in, it's exactly 9.54 there, but in the morning. So oh, spicy. All right, oh, Weekend Warriors. So these are the guys that you may need to pick up if you're desperate for this weekend, the weekend being August 12th through the 14th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with the beautiful Ultimate Warrior, as we always do. Let me scroll down here. So, yeah, starting with the... Um, uh, El Juris, uh, Montero, uh, Colorado, first baseman slash third baseman, 17% rostered. He has three games at home uh, in cores this week versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. They have the eighth worst uh, team ERA in all of baseball. He's playing every day, and it looks like he's going to be playing for the rest of the, uh, the next two months of the season. So over the last two weeks, Montero has one home run, five runs, four RBIs, and has a 452 OBP. We obviously love anything in course field and playing against a horrible pitching team. So look to scoop him up. He's, like I said, 17% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, Montero. Number two, Vinny Pasquantino. He is finally back. So we all want to be, what is, is he the Italian sausage, the Italian breakfast? Wh- which one have we decided which one he is? Anybody I like know? the Italian breakfast the best. The Italian breakfast? All uh, right, we'll dead to me and Frank. I like that better. <laughs> Not to me. I picked him up. <laughs> Pasquantino, uh, Kansas City Royals, first baseman, only 15% rostered. Three games versus the Dodgers this weekend. So obviously that's going to be a little bit uh, tough. 
Um, today he actually hit a home run off Dylan Cease, David. So yeah, it was a solo bomb, but uh, good to see. So he's even hitting elite pitching. So I think that bodes well for him this weekend. Uh, before today, uh, his last seven days, he's nine for twenty three. So he's batting three ninety one. He has two home runs. He did that. He had a double dong uh, game a few days ago. Three runs and four RBIs. So Vinny Basquintino this weekend. And then number three, another big boy, Daniel Vogelbach. I picked him. I had him as a warrior a few weeks back when he went in the cores, um, but he didn't do anything. But now he's on the Mets. Talking about rejuvenated like Tommy Pham. He looks great. Uh, first baseman, uh, New York Mets, 9% rostered. Three games at home versus the Phillies. Over the last week, he's batting 389 with a home run, three runs, and six RBIs. Then moving on to the pitchers for this weekend, starting with Alex Wood versus the Pirates on Sunday. He's 57% rostered. The Pirates are the third worst team in baseball against lefties with a 82 WRC plus over um, on the season. Wood has gone up, pitched 112 innings and he has 110 strikeouts with a 3.65 XERA. He's doing a great job of limiting hard contact, which is what we expect from him. But he also has a career low walk percentage, 5.5%. So that's in the 84th percentile in baseball. So Alex Wood versus the Pirates. I really do like that matchup. Number two, Drew Rasmussen versus Baltimore on Sunday. Now, Rasmussen is 60% rostered, so he may be um, anything higher than a uh, 12-team league. He might already be picked up, but he's got a 4.06 XERA on the year. And the Orioles have been middling versus righties. Uh, they, they have a 98 WRC+. plus. So uh, Rasmussen versus Baltimore this weekend. And then last, Jake Odorizzi, your boy, Doc, at Miami this weekend on Saturday. Um, now he's on the Braves. We've seen the Braves surge. They're one of the best teams in baseball, so the opportunity for a win is potentially there. He's only 25% rostered and a 3.95 XERA on the year. The Marlins have been brutal for the last month. Um, on the year, they have a 97 WRC+, plus, so that's that's pretty bad. Um, after losing Chisholm and uh, Jesus Sanchez isn't hitting and the rest of that team, it looks like they've pretty much given up. So Odorizzi at Miami, Drew Rasmussen versus Baltimore, and then Alex Wood versus the Pirates. Your Weekend Warriors. All right. We always love Marty's Weekend Warriors. Great job with that, Marty. I got a question in the chat here, and I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts from our buddy Ray Cast. So Max Free has officially been put on the seven-day IL. Now that the Braves are without Tucker Davidson, do you think Kyle Muller will be called up to fill a rotation spot? I think Real Ian quick Anderson. Before, I would say before anyone answers that, did you guys see how he got a concussion? How hard no. he hit his head off the ground? So going for look it up on YouTube. It's pretty wild. He went to go get a grounder and just literally head off the ground. So pretty pretty Ooh, wild. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like Doc said, my first thought is that they'll call up Ian Anderson again, mm-hmm. call him back up. Uh, but I'm looking at the AAA roster here for the the uh, the Gwinnett AAA team here, Gwinnett Stripers, and it has. I would guess it'd be one of those two. But my first guess would be Ian Anderson. Are we all in agreement? That's probably who we think gets the call. Yeah, I think so. I'm bringing up the roster resource just to see what, what what's cooking here. Well, their depth chart right now it's Freed, Morton, Strider, Kyle Wright, Jake Odorizzi. Nobody in their bullpen right now, I think, does long. Kyle, Colin McHugh could be an opener, I guess, if they want well, to do bullpen. According to roster resources, it says Ian Anderson will start game one on Saturday, August 13th. Okay. There we go. There we go. Good work. Good research there, Marty. So that's, that's who I think now will get the call. So, uh, don't play him. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't at this point. No. Elsie, let's close out the show and let's go ahead and let's talk about arts, charts, and trends. As we uh, we had didn't have this segment last week, so it's back. 
I know. It's it's back and it's better than ever. Why? Because I might I might have an idea what I want to do with this now. So let's let's see. Let's see. Uh trends. This week we're looking at how have the non stars who moved at the MLB trade deadline begun at their new locations. Uh basically what I was looking at are people and I was looking at their TGFBI um ownership levels. Basically under ninety percent owned in TGFBI thought you might have a chance to get them in a fifteen team league. You have a decent shot in a 12-team and, and a pretty good shot in a 10-team. So I thought these would be people that are are pretty widely available in, in all different types of leagues. And I broke these uh, these into three categories. Like I said, people who are receiving plate appearances or starts and um, and are in a new location. How have they started out? Would they be worth picking up because they're in their new location? The first people I think are the cream of the crop, and this just shows you uh, – how much we don't check with each other, which guys we're going to talk about. Because <laughs> one of the best new, uh, one of the best oh new uh, lo- per- persons in a new location is Tyler Naquin. Of course, he's 77% owned TGFBI, 15 team leagues. So there's still over 20% in 15 team leagues. Definitely worth trying. 1130 for 31 since he got there. Uh, David Peralta, he is basically playing him every day in Tampa Bay um, and being David Peralta. His power isn't there. His counting stats have not really been there, but his batting average has been pretty good. 10 for 33 since showing up and playing almost every day. One guy I think is a really good pickup right now, J.D. Davis. He's raking in San Francisco. He's getting uh, he's getting uh, regular plate appearances and has hit three home runs. He was hitting over a 100 WRC plus before arriving in San Francisco. And I think he could be a pretty good, a pretty good pickup for you. I wouldn't spend a bunch because I'm guessing he's going to be matchup based, but if we start to find a consistent schedule with when he's played, I think JD Davis is hitting very well in this new location. He's getting right, pretty regular playing time. He's someone who I think is in the cream of the crop of the new movements in, uh, in, in after the trade deadline. The next group of, of guys I want to talk about are the uh, the opportunity is knocking crew. These are the people who are been picked up to be given an opportunity, to be given plate appearances, or to be given a chance in a rotation. And well, how are they doing? The opportunity is knocking crew includes second baseman Zach McKinstry, who the Cubs are playing basically against all right-handers. He was o for his first fourteen as a Cub. But four for his last eight. It's always nice to play the Nationals, I think. Uh, they've really helped look him, him look good. But he's a guy who's only 7% owned in TGFBI. If he's getting right-handed at-bats and starts to produce, McKinstry's a guy who had had some interest in his career earlier, showed some talent in the Dodgers organization, and the Cubs are getting plate appearances. J.P. Sears, left-handed pitcher for Oakland against the Angels, went five innings, gave up two earned runs, and only... Um, and only uh, uh, and and only three hits and no walks. So, J.P. Sears was a pretty good Yankees pitching prospect and given a chance to start in Oakland. I would only pitch him against good matchups in Oakland at this time, but I would keep an eye on him because Oakland Oakland helps pitchers. The 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 the, the ballpark helps pitching, and he's given an opportunity to start right now. So I, I think Sears might be someone. To keep an eye on, I wouldn't necessarily pick him up now. Jose Siri, 
given a chance to be an everyday outfielder in Tampa Bay. Hasn't really done much with only three for 21 since the trade. The next group of guys I want to talk about, the change of scenery crew, the guys who who uh, perhaps the change of scenery helps them pick up their season. And in this crew are Robbie Grossman and Joey Gallo. Grossman only 68% owned in TGFBI, only been two for 10 since joining Atlanta. Four Ks in those 10 at-bats. Uh, we all had some hope that Atlanta outfield magic might transfer season to season. Still some hope there for Grossman. Keep an eye on him. But, uh, but so far, the results, he's only had 10, 10 at-bats uh, since going there. So hard to say. Joey Gallo, 4 for 15. Might be the best batting average over 15 at-bats for Gallo on the season. Four hits. But uh, he still has eight Ks in his 15 at-bats with, with, with the Dodgers. Not sure he's uh, really shaken his poor start from New York just yet. But these are some guys. Gallo, only 77% owned. Take a look. You think he might be someone who could pick it up at the end of the season? He might be available in your league. Um, so these are the guys I think uh, you might be able to uh, – might be able to 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 get some some production off of the best of the best I think are Naquin, Peralta, and JD Davis, um, as they are the most uh, the least owned and also been producing since they arrived. Uh, so there's my guys trend since the uh, acquisition since the MLB deadline. I love Art's ending to it. What was the ending? No, how you always have like your lines. Art goes, and that's my trends for the week. <laughs> what is he supposed to say? No, it's just the same thing. Like, it's just, I love it. It's this calling card. It's a beautiful thing. We all got to have a thing. That's right. Uh, great work from everybody on the panel. Everybody, every single week, puts in their time, not just research, make graphics, do everything they do. So uh doesn't happen without everybody taking the time to do that. So always appreciate you, Marty, Doc, and Elsie, all the work that you guys are doing for that. And we appreciate you guys, the listeners, checking out the show every single week. Because honestly, uh, if we weren't getting people checking it out, writing in the comments, listening to the podcast, we'd be doing this for nothing. And uh, so you guys make it all worth it for us. So we really appreciate you guys, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're going to be listening to the podcast when it comes out the following day. Fellas, is there anything we missed that we need to cover before we wrap this up? I think so, that the Field of Dreams is not that good of a baseball movie or movie in general. I think it's boring. Hmm. That's how I feel. Whoa. Spicy. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> uh, David saw Sandlot for the first time two weeks Why ago. Why did you have to blow my cover? <laughs> that was the first movie I ever saw in theater. So that tells you how old I am. You're not that old. Oh, you're, you're letting Doc get in your head. Never. <laughs> so you're only 33 years old. Oh, look, we got Z2 checking in right as the show's about hey. to close. That, there we go. That made Go-hee. my night. Oh, buddy. All right. Well, that'll wrap us up. Again, if you guys are enjoying the content, a like on the YouTube video and a comment help the algorithm. So please do that if you are inclined to. And if you're on the podcast feed, five-star ratings and reviews always help the algae over there. So you can do that. But we're going to wrap up for this week. For Elsie, for Doc, for Marty Party, I'm D-Mendy. Just like that, another episode is in the books. Wham, bam, baby, we go.